Welcome to the 202030 podcast. My name is Lou and I work for Studio MMO4 and I'm one of the organizers of 202030 the Berlin Fashion Summit. First, I would like to share some really exciting news with everybody. Uh, 202030 the Berlin Fashion Summit will officially return in February 2024 with a pop-up edition. It's going to be all about culture and communication, and we will be live in Berlin at Kronprinzenpalais during Berlin Fashion Week. When you tuned in last week, you heard me with our co-founders and co-CEOs, Max Gilgenman and Magdalena Schaffrin, and we took a little tour of our company's origin story and our journey to being sustainability consultants. And this week, our guest is going to tie in really nicely with this because he has been doing something similar, but also quite different. I'm very excited to introduce to everyone Sasha Wolf. Alexander Sasha Wolf is your full name? Hello. Yeah, it's both. It's, it's both. kind of confusing, but Americans always think that Sasha is a girl, which I sometimes, you know, refer to Alexander, the origin of this, ah. so that people like you don't think that, you know, why does that girl have such a deep voice? <laughs> I mean, we love a deep voice, no matter who it's coming from. Okay. But uh, <laughs> Sasha, you founded Ausgewohnlich uh, Berlin right. in 2009. Correct. Yes. Uh, with your colleague Jada Armani. And you take this approach to impact networking that I find really interesting. It mm -hmm. seems quite different. The vibe of your company is, uh, I find it really playful and mm -hmm. a little bit kind of like, um, I, just unexpected. Yeah. Thanks yeah. that you say unexpected and nothing, uh, nothing else, because some people are, you know, feel disturbed a bit because we, we see networking a different, from a different perspective than maybe the average person does, but we'll come to that later. Right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Your approach to networking is not just straightforward business networking, but specifically impact networking. So you have this sustainability angle to what you're doing. And I think the other thing that's really unique about your project is that it is so focused on Berlin as being a hub. Um, and this is, this is something that I really want to get into with you today. We're also going to talk about 17 Academy, um, which is a program that you started that kind of helps upskilling, unlearning, relearning how we network yes. with sustainability in mind. Exactly. Yes. So um, to start, I would love to hear just a little bit about your origin story. You know, what happened in your life that made you take this approach and want to start Ausgewohnlich Berlin? What went wrong? What went, yeah, what yes. could possibly have gone wrong? Well, I, I had some insights and some very strange scenes and branches, namely the diplomatic scene and, uh, you know, the business scene of Berlin a uh, hundred years ago. <laughs> and I was responsible for the embassy network of Berlin when all the embassies came from Bonn to Berlin, you know. Um, there was a time when Bonn was the capital of Germany. We remember those dark times, you know. In 1999, this changed the government moved from Bonn to Berlin, the new capital. And the great, fantastic, well, mayor of Berlin, way back then, it was Klaus Wowereit and his team. They just forgot that next to all the German politicians, there are 180-something embassies in Bonn or were in Bonn. 
and that these foreigners would move to Berlin too and that they needed some kind of welcome desk, some kind of guidance and they just forgot about that. So they called me and I had an agency way back then and they said, hey, do you want to do you want welcome the embassies in Berlin? And I thought, well, that sounds like a James Bond job. This sounds great. You know, you, 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 know, you enter the scene of, you know, you know, the secret services and the champagne receptions and those closed door events. And so I was kind of thrilled. And I thought I could change the world because if you help the representatives of poor countries to perform better in Germany, to have a louder voice, to have a better representation here, then you help the peoples of the world, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a noble, noble mission. Yeah. So then yeah. where did that lead? Well, I found out that mostly the poor countries of this planet, the poor people are represented by the cousin of the president, who's mostly the friend of the leader of the biggest industry. It's all about networks. Uh -huh. So countries are not represented by the people who want to help their peoples at home They're represented by the people of an, you know, the representatives of an elite of that country. I help the elites of different countries. And the poorer the country, the richer the elite. Wow. This is what went wrong. So I found out that all this networking that's being done in all these networking events in the diplomatic corps and also in the business world very often is very egocentric, that it caters to particular interests of certain elites. And that this is how our world functions. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of disappointed and I found out my idea wasn't that great. But I did that for 10 years. I've seen a lot of five-star hotels. <laughs> so it was a little bit James Bond still. It was James Bond. Yes. But once you're in, you see that uh, you belong to a scene that you cannot actually be proud of mm -hmm. there are a lot of diplomats really working hard for their country and for a good cause and so on but the whole system is rotten mm -hmm. you know because it's an elite system a particular interest system absolutely and so th from that point you gained all this information about building networks yes. um And then you took this kind of into your own hands. You took yes. the skill set and you translated it into something that you call an impact network. Yes. What exactly, um, what exactly does impact mean to you in this context? Because I think that mm. word means a different thing to different people depending on what background they come from. So, mm. so how are we using impact here? Well... To answer your question, I have to go a step back because I started with value-based networking. Value so I started okay. to teach value-based networking, but that's too difficult. That's I, This is like German engineering. You know, mm. We're great in building cars, but we're really bad in selling them. So <laughs> I went over to sustainability networking, intending to tell the people that it's not about you making fast contacts to make fast business to cater your own interests. It's always better to build relationships that uh, that foster you and your interests, but also the greater good. And perhaps the other person. So if you include the interests of the other person in your strategy, this will be more sustainable, right? Because you, not everybody hates you in the end. Like Donald Trump, you know? The poor guy is over 70. How old is he? 75? He's coming up on 80. Right? Oh, How many yeah. lawsuits does he, does he have? Oh, God. This right? is another conversation. I that's not my... <laughs> I don't want that, you know? No. If you act sustainable in a sustainable way and build relationships and, and deals, 
that not don't only help you and your interests, but also the others, then you have a nicer life, a more relaxed life. It's just in your own interest to act in a sustainable way. So that was my initial purpose, you know, that I thought, okay, can, can't we just change the way of doing this networking thing away from this LinkedIn thing or this American way of doing networking, running into a room, throwing around your business cards, trying to make, you know, fast business. Can't we just relax and try to be, build sustainable relationships that will prosper in a longer period of time and in the end perhaps help more people than just the two people making that relationship? That was the initial idea. It's a really beautiful concept and it, it, it actually, I mean, value-based makes sense. Mm. I can also understand why you shifted towards impact rather yeah. value-based because, first of all, values can be right. utopia. Also, whose values? Of course, elbow values. <laughs> Even Donald Trump has got values. So, he, yeah. he thinks so, apparently. Yeah. But um, yeah, this, this transition from... Um, the transactional network to exactly. the reciprocal network Nicely really, said. really resonates. I think also with everybody working in sustainability, we understand that you can't fight for environmental sustainability if you aren't espousing these these kind of approaches and mindsets in other areas of your life, in exactly. every area of exactly. your life. Exactly. Um, you cannot build a sustainable business without living in a sustainable way. Yeah. And that includes social sustainability. Yes. But here again, in German, you know, nachhaltig sounds very ecological. So this made me switch to impact because now I remember your question 10 minutes ago, what is impact to you? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, of course, this is just the typical mode vault. You know, this is like trend now. Everybody says impact. But I think it's a nice word because it means that we're not talking, we're doing something and we just don't want to do it for ourselves. We want to have an impact and we include impact for the world into that and so behind the word impact for me there are a lot of hashtags you know save the world you know hashtag save the world hashtag uh, agenda 2030 hashtag united nations and sdgs yes that includes this is all included in the word impact for me yes and um slowly this this expression impact makes its way into the mainstream media and then also just touching on the word impact, Ausgewohnlich mm -hmm. um, Berlin mm -hmm. has uh, an acronym that you like to use, G-I-C-A or GICA. Can you quickly spell this out for our listeners? Well, GICA is Global Impact Capital Alliance. And yes. you know why we call it GICA? Tell me. <laughs> nobody can pronounce Global Impact Capital Alliance. That makes a lot of sense. That yes, is yeah. usually the function of an acronym. <laughs> exactly. But Außergewöhnlich Berlin is the network um, that we built after this diplomatic experience. Uh, Jada, Armani and I, um, we closed the embassy network 2009, 2008. Lehman Brothers, business went down. Um, there was no sponsoring for uh, diplomats anymore. And this is the way how we uh, funded this whole network. Um, so we went bankrupt. And Jada says this was the greatest day of her life. Wow. Okay. Go on. She said, well, finally, I don't have to be around these average, normal people anymore. Mm -hmm. But what we're going to do, I mean, what, you know, what's the plan now? What can we do? And I said, well, you know, we learned how those big guys do networking, you know, how, how, how power, you know, 
sustains itself, how, how those powerful, rich people uh, increase their power and their wealth, mm -hmm. how, how those networks function. We mm -hmm. really know that, how this works now. Let's just use it for ourselves and build a network that's like a Berlin network of cool Berliners, helping each other, supporting each other, and build our own lobby in Berlin, our own mafia. <laughs> and this is why we call it Außergewöhnlich Berlin, because first we consider Berlin as an Außergewöhnlich city, an extraordinary city. And it's um, also our approach, our Anspruch, what is it in English? Our own promise to ourselves that we always try to not go the average way, not the ordinary way, but always try to find other routes and try to build a network which is the best network in the world. What defines the best network for you? And here I have to say, when we started Außergewöhnlich Berlin, Our idea of the best network was the network that caters best to the members' interests. Okay, but not in a not in a elite diplomat kind of a way. And here we go. I thought not in an elite diplomat way, but after doing this for a few years, I discovered that if you build a network, you build power and you gain resources and you open doors for the members of the network. And this is elite. Yeah. Because it doesn't help the city. It helps the people who are members of the network. So Außergewöhnlich Berlin can open any door in Berlin because we know a lot of people. And so be nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> Trying <laughs> my best. <laughs> yes. It's great. Yeah. You know, but we, we helped people, but only a, a fragment of the Berliners, namely the people who are members of the network or friends of the, this network. So after a few years, I discovered that we're assholes because we're, We're pretending to be non-elite, non-exclusive and doing something for the greater good. But in the end, that's not sustainable. In the end, we build a mafia for ourselves. Okay, no no uh, violence, you know. Yes, we're going to take this with no a blackmail. very clear right. um, disclaimer that it's, it's not, a, no, <laughs> not no. a real mafia. No, no, it's a very legal <laughs> mafia with a yes, smile. Yes, okay. exactly. Only a few drugs involved, that's all. <gasps> Oof, okay. But, you know, the Berlin way of doing a network. But this led to Gika because we found that we know how networks are built and we know how the pros and the global experts do networking. But can't we change that? Can't we use that knowledge for the greater good? Can't we perhaps help the good people working for the good things, the people who are investing their existence, their lives, all their resources into saving mankind? Can't we help these people to do better networking? Mm -hmm. And that's impact networking. Mm -hmm. and, and it also kind of conjures the idea of impact beyond just the internal exactly. structure of the network, a exactly. network that can have impact on the planet. Exactly. And um, this is also where I think it's fantastic how openly in alignment you are with the sustainable development mm -hmm. goals from the United Nations. Um, meanwhile. Meanwhile. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile in politics. Um, and yeah, you actually, you align with my favorite, SDG. No, really. 17 is my favorite no. SDG for a lot of reasons. Um, That's nice. And maybe just really quickly for our listeners who are a little bit newer to sustainability, if you are not familiar with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, it is a set of 17 goals 
that were developed in 2020 mm-hmm. um, kind of set as the goals for the decade of change, which is mm. between 2020 and 2030. We're a bit late at the moment, but we are. We're getting we're, there. We're getting I there. mean, yeah, we're, we've got six years at this point. Mm, not okay. yeah, it's a very short decade at this point. Um, this name actually is also where we get the title for 2030, the Berlin Fashion Summit. Okay. So we also really position ourselves within the mm. same framework as mm. kind of really using this this is the time to act. This yes. is the time not for impact. Not tomorrow, it's now. Exactly. And yeah, these goals kind of range from like um, like healthy life on land, healthy healthy life in the water, you know, responsible consumption and production, mm. um, gender equality, kind of like all of these really value-driven, save-the-world type mm. goals. But SDG 17 is uh, kind of the linchpin of everything because yes. it's it's partnerships for the rest of the goals. Yes, it's like the James Bond goal. It's the James Bond goal. It's the it's the network goal. It's really. the net, yeah, exactly. Because they they found when they started those sustainable development goals, they found out if the climate activist doesn't collaborate with a guy working for peace. Uh, you will not achieve uh, a real future for mankind because, uh, I mean, look at the Ukraine. Nobody cares for nature and saving the fishes in Ukraine right now, right? Recycling is not a topic in the U- in Ukraine at the moment. If there's no peace, there is no environmental activity and so on and so forth. If you don't have gender equality, you will not have uh, quality education and so on. So it's all connected and to connect everything, that's SDG 17. Yes, exactly. And so in your in your network in Ausgewöhnlich Berlin. Yes. Am I pronouncing it better? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, what can you give some examples of different industry stakeholders who have mm. come together in this context? Like what are the the crosshairs that you're weaving? Well, the idea of Ausgewöhnlich Berlin was can we bring people together who normally would not even talk to each other? So you have the the, um, the young fashion designer who's uh, spending half of her life in Berghain. Mm-hmm. Um, I know her, actually. You know her? Lisa <laughs> yeah. Marie Letton, you know, she's great. Uh, can we connect her to the guy who's a lobbyist for Rheinmetall? You know, the guy's mm-hmm. producing the, 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 the Panzer, the Leopard. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, the managing director of the German Association of Space and Air Industry. Those people would never meet. But if you put them in a room and tell them that they share similar values and that they perhaps also share similar lifestyles in their little bubble, can we make them collaborate? And can we, you know, this out of this fusion, can we generate energy for the greater good? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes. We found ways how to do that. We, we found tools. But this was only good for Berlin. And now we thought, how can we transport that, you know, worldwide? How can we spread that? like the coronavirus. <laughs> and w- first of all, with a name that's called Außergewöhnlich Berlin, you're not going to do that. It's pretty German. It's pretty German. It's very, it's kind of difficult. Yeah. So we thought, okay, <laughs> there's got to be something else. And then we found, okay, perhaps Außergewöhnlich Berlin is just the example how to do it. Mm. Perhaps that's just a case study that's good for Berlin. But perhaps we can teach and help other people around the globe to build their own Außergewöhnlich Berlin. And this network is called GIKA. Aha. So Gika is the it's the rhizome that exists yes. that Ausgewöhnlich Berlin is kind of modeling. Um, exactly. 
this this word glocal comes to mind, mm-hmm. which is kind of one of the mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like a puzzle piece of sustainability yes. that is actually yeah. can be quite tricky to work out well. Yeah. Um, and so, like, have there been any lessons in tailoring something really to Berlin's needs mm. and then having a conversation that can translate it? Like, like, do you have any examples or stories of, of something that's been a deeply Berlin connection that can then actually be transposed? Of course. Uh, take a, take the example of using empty spaces for cultural projects. Zwischennutzung. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very Berlin thing, you know, because in the 90s when the East opened up or the, with the West depends on the perspective and where you're born. All of a sudden, half of the city was like a free territory. So everybody could open clubs, bars, cafes, galleries, and so on. Out of this free space culture, the startup scene evolved. So what you have today in Berlin, from you know the, the business in Berlin, the economy, very much based on the startup culture, came directly from Zwischennutzung, from empty buildings being used temporarily for culture and creativity. Very Berlin thing. And at the moment, we're, we're also talking about this, you know, now that um, Amazon takes over and the shopping malls die, what are we going to do with all these empty spaces? And we, in Berlin, use them for all kinds of different uh, temporary culture projects. It's a very Berlin thing. But if we transport this message worldwide, um, we can use all kinds of empty spaces to you know um, bring culture back to the inner cities to have small designers have their own spaces that they can afford and so on so this is a burning topic that we can use for um, uh, sustainability in urban areas yeah that's an example cultural sustainability as well as as well as environmental actually right i think this also maybe is like uh a way of approaching cultural innovation. Yeah. Innovation is maybe the one buzzword that is dwarfing impact right now. Yes. And to do something that actually feels truly innovative, I mean, it always requires looking in areas that you don't expect, yeah. right? Yeah. That are not your comfort zone, that, you know, the dark the dark sides of your city. This is where innovation begins, you know. Mm. The things that nobody looks at, that nobody thought before, and that nobody dared to do. That's innovation. Mm-hmm. And that's a mindset. And I believe it's a very Berlin mindset. And also because Berlin is such a cultural melting pot, you know, it's really, it's really true. And this is also with when you're bringing together stakeholders from different uh, industries, the sum of two separate knowledge sets is always greater than the parts. When they come together, this alchemy happens. And so you're also already setting up the perfect, (laughs) the perfect science experiment for Mm -hmm. cultural innovation, maybe also other, like other types of technological, environmental Mm -hmm. innovation that, can't really happen without these partnerships. And the own the main ingredient that's essential for this to to happen is that none of these cultural components is the leading culture. If you have like a, in your case, you know, a big fashion company saying, "Hey, let's do something innovative with some small designer who's sustainable." This will never work. It has to be on equal terms. And this is why in Berlin so much cultural innovation takes place because in Berlin there is no leading culture other than in New York, for instance, because the leading culture in New York is money. Yes. And yeah, there is culture and art and everything, but hey, in the end, money talks. 
And in Berlin, if you have money, if you if you drive uh, to Bergen with your Porsche, they won't let you in. Yeah. It's right? Absolutely true. So it's a competing cultural system here, or a system of competing cultures in Berlin. This is why there is a, you know, a, a very nice um, fertile ground for cultural innovation because nobody's the boss. Yeah, exactly. It's anarchy, not necessarily from the sense that people associate with that word but literally yeah. it is a leveled hierarchy it's exactly yeah there's this uh this term uh all holder value that i really like that mm -hmm. comes um from a, a friend of ours uh who does this incredible organic cotton collective called ramai mm -hmm. um And it's about how do you actually balance out power along a value chain? Yeah, exactly. You, you're doing this within your own city as well. And this is why we love Berlin. And this is what impact really means that, you know, you bring people together and everybody puts their resources into one pot. And uh, the amalgam of this, you know, is, is like a, a, a nuclear fusion. You know, it brings more energy than everybody put in. And if we, if we scale that up and here we come to locally, If we don't spread that globally, like Amazon would do that or Elon Musk or whatever, but if we just empower local communities to do cultural innovation, but, you know, like a virus, it's like COVID, yeah, you know, yeah. then you have local super spreaders changing the mindsets um, and the industries and the cultural, you know, um, how you call it, the DNA Yeah. Of our lifestyles in the Western world. But if that happens in 10, 20, 30 metropolitan areas, you'll change the world. Yeah. Locally. Do you find when people are entering this network that they are picking up easily on this kind of rearranging of the networking relationship? Do people, do people um, adapt easily to this kind of like yes. more reciprocal nature? Yes, because most of the people are matchers. Do you know the concept of givers, takers and matchers? Well, why don't you explain it for our oh, listeners? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so there are basically three kinds of people, the givers, the takers and the matchers. Let's start with the takers. Mm -hmm. We know all we, matchers is difficult to explain. Takers is easy. Mm -hmm. Takers are those Donald Trumps and mm -hmm. also Elon Musk's and those people that many people follow, actually. But in the end, we all know they take more than they give. And, you know, they want to be the boss. And these are the loudest ones. And they're also very persuasive, mostly those narcissistic alpha males. Mm -hmm. And they destroy more than they build up. But mm -hmm. our whole society, our whole economy is built on these people because they go the extra mile to make their project work, you know, to do that deal, to, you know, get more money or whatever. So that's our world here. It's a taker's world. Then you have a few givers, those altruists who always say, yeah, of course I can help you. And no, I don't need anything. You know, I'm just happy to help. Um, in our society, these people are considered idiots, visionaries, you know, naive, whatever. In my opinion, these are our prophets. But the vast majority of people are the matchers. And these people adopt to the leading culture. You know this from parties, you know. Mm -hmm. If the, the, the guy who is doing the party is an idiot and an asshole, the whole party will have that atmosphere, this, you know, creepy atmosphere. It's, you know exactly who's so inviting. True, you know? yeah. You know, you, you enter the party, you know, okay, I know the host, you know, yeah. even if you haven't met him. Yeah. But if the host is a nice person and, if, and an altruistic person and so on, you'll feel it at the entrance. 
And this is true for every institution, for organism and so on. So the vast majority of people are matchers and they just want to have a good, safe and easy life. And so if, coming back to your question, if you tell the people, you know, we're going to kick out the assholes here. This is about impact networking. This is about giving your energy into the pot, you know, into this is bringing something to the party so that the party becomes a great one. Most of the people will luckily and happily adopt to that and become givers. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's just about telling the majority of people you'll benefit if you give. Yeah. And also, again, like the reciprocal nature of that is that you're not just a giver. You also can give and take in equal measure without one person kind of, of dominating the thing. I love that metaphor. It's like when people enter your party, if you tell them like, hey, here are the ground rules. Here's how we behave. Like, welcome to our lovely vibe. People, for the most part, will uh, make it even like tenfold what you could have imagined because yes. everybody's then contributing to this environment. Exactly. And here is your your image of, you know, you put two things together and three come out. You know, it's then it, the, the, the energy that uh, grows is a lot bigger than the single parts, you know, for themselves could generate. So this is the new way of civilization. This is where we're heading to, or we have to head to, because the old system doesn't work. Yeah, God, Sasha, I love your um, optimism about that too, because I I hope that that is where we're heading. That well, is, It's not optimism, but how can I get up in the morning if I don't see light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, that resonates. Right. Yeah. And it, I think it's a really important message to be sharing with everyone as well, that it's like, uh, it's like the quote from Rocky Horror Picture Show, don't dream it, be it. Be it. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> no, but it, it, for the people listening now, you know, you have two options. Stay in bed and die soon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or get it's, up and change the world. Yeah. That second one sounds way better. Yes. Yeah. But there is no watching anymore. Yeah. You yeah. can't be a bystander anymore. We're guilty and we all are, you know, because we're polluting this planet. So we just have to act now. And you know what? If you don't do it yet, do it because it feels great. Yeah. It and feels great to participate. It feels better when you're doing it with other people who are doing it the same. I think that's the that's why these networks matter is that yes, you're not yeah. doing it alone. I'd love to take this like last chunk of our time together to talk mm -hmm. about a project inside the project. Yes. Which is... The 17 Academy, and you were teasing me before we got started for being a mm. nerd, and it's true. I am. I love school more than anything. Gosh, um, it's strange. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> but it matters. And uh, I would love to hear about why Gika and Asagewindisch Berlin sparked an actual academy program for you. And if you could also just tell us a little bit about like, what's the size? What's the vibe? What's, mm -hmm. what's the class structure like? Well, first of all, I hate school. Okay. Well, I dropped out of university and they kicked, nearly kicked me out of school. So I really, I can't, I'm ADHD, you know, full time. Uh -huh. So don't put me in school. It won't work for the teacher or neither, neither the teacher or I. So coming back to 17 Academy. The question is, if you have a network of people and you want to make it global and you call it Global Impact Capital Alliance and you meet on a monthly basis, how can you manage that people behave? Mm. Or to come to your picture, you have that party and you have those 
few thousand people at this party, but the party is not in your apartment. It's global. And you cannot check what they're doing in the kitchen. How can you make sure that these people are going to keep up a giver's culture, you know, a SDG 17 culture? And the answer is you got to teach them. So this is why we developed 17 Academy and 17 Academy, not for for the 17 SDGs, but for your favorite SDG 17. It's a partnership networking training. You know, so we certify people in building their own clubs, networks, their own Außergewöhnlich Berlin. And uh, we train them how to do impact networking and not how to be givers and not being cheated by the takers so you learn how to build structures that will be beneficial for you your partners and mankind and to keep the donald trumps out yeah so it's you learn how to stand up for yourself and you also learn how to not be a jerk exactly. while doing it exactly yeah and you learn how to defend yourself how to align up with people, how to build partnerships, how to approach people, mm -hmm. how not to do small talk, um, and how to have a great time and uh, collect inspiring people around you. This is what we train in 17 Academy. And we try to make this mo as entertaining as possible because nobody in my team likes school. <laughs> so, we really so we made a podcast that's quite entertaining with Oliver Koletsky's music. You know, he's a German producer and DJ, so we have techno music in the background. Incredible. Yeah. Some people said, well, that's too loud. Could you please turn down the music? And I said, no, if this is too loud, you're not Berlin. So, <laughs> yeah, so. you're part of your rules. <laughs> right. So, And we have, you know, like gamified content, so you can scroll down like TikTok. So it's quite fun to do. And I hope that uh, while Gika grows as a network, 17 Academy will you know, have um, a lot of um, participants that will then spread the message because it's all about open source. You know, you learn something, you teach it to others. I love that. Open source education also is kind of how you can take down these other big hierarchies. Yeah. You know, like um, yeah. I really admire actually smaller independent academy programs because mm -hmm. it is it is still quite elitist to get some of these higher level degrees. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is a learner who works well inside of an institution. Mm -hmm. And so when you can meet people for knowledge sharing, for skill sharing at kind of this more democratic level, that's also where you can have more impact, right? This is how we started learning when we were still working in tribes, you know, and the elders told the youngers how to, how to hunt, you know, mm -hmm. this was a democratic system. Mm -hmm. Learning was democratic until we invented schools and universities. Universities and there was the professor and you know then it all went southwards we didn't you know this doesn't work for us anymore absolutely and do, do you find people meeting each other in this program and kind of staying connected yeah. like i imagine that that's also yeah. a really powerful aspect of it yeah we, we see that participants of the classes actually that they connect so it's not only training it's the actual networking already And yes, we've, we've seen projects evolving out of the classes. So uh, we built Gika with 17 Academy and vice versa. You know, and the, the basic idea is to, to have enough people being impact networkers so that we reach the tipping point mm -hmm. to change the whole economy, mm -hmm. to change the whole way we act and work together in the next seven, six, five, four, three years <laughs> until 2030. Yeah. So we, we have to be fast. And by the way, Since we know we have to be fast, it's 2030. 
we have to have a hub. We have to have a meeting place because, you know, if you have a place where you can meet, you speed up processes. Yes. And this is why we thought we just transformed Berlin to the global impact hub, to the global impact capital. That's the plan. Do you have an annual event or something where people all mm -hmm. come together for it? It's called Green, Green Tech Festival because we don't have to invent it. It's there already, you know. Uh -huh. Green Tech Festival uh, of Nico Rosberg, the yeah, Formula One driver. Familiar, yeah. They just moved to the Messe Berlin and they become big. And we partnered up with them and said, hey, you know what? We, trans we transport our annual meeting to your meeting, making your meeting bigger. And, you know, Here, here again, it's about SDG 17 partnerships. So it's going to be in Messe Berlin, uh, 13th of May, 24. And I hope that uh, Fawn and the whole impact fashion scene will be there. Yes. And can we share information about registering for that conference also of course. in our show notes? Of course. Yeah. And you can also say that I can get free tickets. Oh, okay. Yes. We're going to also put that in our show notes. That's uh, very appealing. And perhaps a few, a few free stands, but I cannot promise that. But perhaps we can negotiate with Green Tech Festival to get a few booths. All right. So I think the message there is if you uh, are really jumping out of your seat to participate, get in touch and drop yes. us a line. Um, Lou is your contact. Yeah. I can't wait for this flood of emails that, yes. gonna get that I'm just going to forward right to you, <laughs> Sasha. <laughs> um, this is really inspiring. And I think that also, yeah, I can't wait to see what continues to come from your academy program um, and how we can actually shift this culture going forward. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering also just like with this 20, 20, 30 deadline in mind, What what do you picture Berlin looking like? We've got six years mm. um, with the impact of your network and just with the change of the world and with the city in general. Like, can you just describe it in a few short sentences? Uh, have you seen Fight Club with Brad Pitt? Of course, I've seen Fight Club with Brad Pitt. Remember the scene when those guys, you know, walking into the restaurant or whatever, just nod, you just just blink an eye, and because they recognize each other. Uh huh. That's what I want Berlin to be. You know, we walk across the street, everybody's just nodding at each other, and we know that we're the ones and that we will change the world from this city here. Uh huh. Okay. I want this to be a fight club for transformation. Yes. And instead of punching each other in a basement, we cuddle up. It just. <laughs> It's all going to be yeah. a big cuddling party. And, you know, punch up, don't punch down. Right, <laughs> right. Punch, uh, punch at climate change. No, but, uh, but seriously, I would love to see Berlin as a city where people, um, like a mecca for impact, where people come to connect for their projects in Africa, in South America, in wherever they are, Uh, I hope that people will come here with an idea and leave with contacts. That they come with a vision and here in Berlin we transform visions into reality. Mm -hmm. That all the people that are behind you, you know, who have ideas how we can stop fast fashion and, and exploiting poor people in Bangladesh and, you know, destroying the planet. That all these people will find allies, partners, investors, um, outlets and so on. Because Berlin supports them. Mm -hmm. I want this to be a festival, the mm -hmm. whole city. It's a really beautiful vision. I also wonder, you know, if we're talking about democratizing the balance between the global north and global south. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, seeing these hubs in other parts of the world. Yes. You know, like Berliners sometimes being the ones to travel, to go experience what Giga Hub is 
being created in South America or in South Africa or Let's go. Beaches of Costa Rica, you know, festivals in Lagos. Also a really beautiful vision. <laughs> Let's go there. Yeah. I mean, it's winter. Look outside. I'm, I'm <laughs> We're in, looking for the impact hubs right. in the... In the global south. Please, yes, exactly. Please Something invite us. Um, well, I think this is fantastic. And I think this really gives a beautiful window into, into what makes Berlin actually truly unique. Is mm -hmm. There is this huge cultural transformation happening And Sasha, thank you so much for sitting with me in this podcast booth and explaining it so thoroughly to our listeners. I think one of the biggest lessons from this is that even though we are an organization that deals with sustainability in fashion first and foremost, this can't happen outside of the bigger picture of no. the impact conversation. Yeah. It's, you know, we are a piece of the puzzle and uh, connecting with other people puzzle pieces yeah. is always such a joy keep the whole puzzle in mind yes. by the way to to wrap this up bef or before you end this we tried to find a strategy how we can make berlin the global impact capital mm -hmm. and after a few months asking people talking to strategists and marketing experts and so on we found the way how to make berlin global impact capital do you want to know the strategy well i feel like i can't say no at this right. point yeah tell me it's easy If enough people claim that Berlin is global impact capital, it's going to be that. Don't dream it. Be, be it. it. Yes, exactly. Or, yeah, it's not even so, fake it till you make it. Just, right. just no, make it. No, because, you know, it's not, uh, this is, if enough people think that it's the place to be, then it will be the place to be. So uh, if you thought you can just relax and listen to a podcast, no. No. From now on, uh, walk around and spread that message. And if enough people do that, it's going to be like COVID. It's going to be like a virus, but this time a positive virus. Yes. And come visit us at Green Tech Festival. You can meet Sasha. Come visit us at 202030 pop-up happening on February 6th. We will be dropping the information for all of these in our show notes. And also remember to follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn at 202030 Summit. Would you like to quickly mention any any hashtags, any social media handles that our listeners can also uh, go look up right now? Oh gosh, no, 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 this no. is too much for me. No, just <laughs> just go to Studio M M O four, and the rest will the rest will be unfolded will be, for you. Yes, yeah, we make it easy. Um, Sasha, it's been such a pleasure, and to all of our listeners, we will hear you. No, wait, backwards. You, you will hear, hear us, us. <laughs> in two weeks. Thanks so much for listening. Lou, thanks for the time and the invitation. Mm -hmm.